Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, where we discuss all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. To get more information and resources, visit the website at therapyforblackgirls.com. And while I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 14 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. Today in our No Copay Needed segment, we're going to be talking all about boundaries. But before we get there, I wanted to just address a couple of listener emails that I got. So I got a couple of emails from you all asking how you could work with me in my practice, what kinds of groups I was offering, you know, how could you have access to me? So that let me know that I had not done a very good job of letting you know how you could work with me as your therapist if you're interested. So let me run that down for you really quickly. So I do have a couple of openings for individual clients on my caseload. So if you are in the state of Georgia, either in the Atlanta area or outside of Atlanta, um, and you'd like to schedule an individual session with me, then we can do that either in my office or virtually. Um, We can work with a system that's kind of like Skype, but HIPAA compliant. Um, And if you're interested in that, you can go to the website at therapyforblackgirls.com backslash schedule. You can see what openings I have in the coming weeks. If you are interested in joining one of my groups, um, the shift sessions that I talked with you about a couple of weeks ago, you can find more information about that and sign up to get your name on that list by going to therapyforblackgirls.com backslash shift, S-H-I-F-T. If you or someone you know will be starting college in the fall, um, so college freshman, a young woman who's going to college, and you want to kind of get a game plan together, a roadmap for how to make your first year successful, then you can also sign up for what I call a jumpstart session. You can find more information about that at therapyforblackgirls.com backslash start strong. Or if you are struggling with a breakup and feel like you need some additional support, um, you've kind of talked to friends and family and feel like you need just a little bit more, some kind of guidance about how to move through the stages of getting over a breakup. You can find information about that service at therapyforblackgirls.com backslash breakups. All of that information is included in the show notes so that you know exactly how to get in touch with me. Um, and if you are elsewhere looking for a therapist, then please make sure to look at the directory that I've included on the website. You can find that information at therapyforblackgirls.com backslash directory. So as I mentioned, today in our no copay needed segment, we are going to be talking all about boundaries. And I know you often hear um, mental health professionals and just people in general talking about the need for having healthy boundaries, firm boundaries, all of those kinds of things. But I think sometimes there may be some confusion about what a boundary actually is and how you can actually set those up. So today that's what we're going to be talking about. So we want to think about boundaries as the rules and guidelines that you set for how people deal with you. So let's think about our boundaries as our front yards. Now, this may be a little more difficult for those people who are city dwellers. So maybe stretch your imagination a little bit. 
But if we think about boundaries as the property included in our front yard, what happens in your front yard? So do you let other people park their cars in your front yard? Do you like it when other people let their dogs poop in your yard? Do you keep the grass nicely manicured and watered? Do you plant flowers in your front yard? Is there a nice sitting area under a shady tree for you to relax and read your favorite books in your yard? Boundaries are important because they dictate what kind of experience we have in our yard and what others perceive as allowable in our yard. So if someone walks by and they see that the lawn is nicely manicured and the flowers are tended to, they're less likely to throw trash in your yard or feel like they can park their car there. But if they see a bunch of overgrown grass and Coke cans thrown everywhere, then they'll think, oh, it's no big deal if I throw this Snickers wrapper in her yard. She probably won't even notice. So if we take this example and think about all the areas of our lives where we have yards that need to be tended to, we can really see where there may need to be some adjustments made. So in terms of your personal boundaries, do you make it clear that you're not really a hugger and would prefer a handshake? So is that clear from the outset with people, even though other people may be huggers? If you're not, it's absolutely okay for you to say, I'm okay, I'd prefer a handshake. Or when we're thinking about teaching personal boundaries to children, um, so not doing things like forcing them like, oh, go give Aunt Ruthie a kiss, but instead letting the child dictate how they would like to engage with Aunt Ruthie. In terms of your emotional space, when you tell an ex that it's over and that you're done, are you still allowing them to occupy space by responding to texts and DMs? Or do you have a friend who tends to be um, manipulative and tries to get you to come out for some reason or another? And instead of holding firm to your no, you actually just end up going out just to keep the peace. So setting boundaries is important because it helps us to maintain our thoughts about ourselves, either negatively or positively. If we have firmer and healthier boundaries, then we're likely to have relationships that feel reciprocal. And we're likely to feel pretty confident and have both the respect of ourselves and others. If, on the other hand, our boundaries are more loose, it can eventually lead to feelings of resentment and feeling taken advantage of. You might likely feel like um, there are a few people that you can go to for your life for support and your friendships likely do not feel reciprocal. A lack of boundaries can also begin to make you lose trust in your judgment and make you question yourself. So to help with some of the boundary setting um, that I think is important for us to maintain our mental health, I did find an article to share with you all. And the information for this will be included in the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 14. But the article is called 10 Ways to Build and Preserve Better Boundaries. So this was written by Margarita Tartakovsky. And she had an actual conversation with another psychologist and they talked about the ways to build and preserve boundaries. And there are 10 of these. So the first one was naming your limits. You can't set good boundaries if you're unsure of where you're where you stand. You need to identify physical, emotional, mental and spiritual limits. Consider what you can tolerate and accept and what makes you feel uncomfortable and stressed. Those feelings help you identify what your limits are. So name your limits is the first one. The second one, tune into your feelings. The author has observed two key feelings in others that are red flags or cues that we are letting go of our boundaries, discomfort and resentment. 
She suggested thinking of these feelings on a continuum from 1 to 10, 6 to 10 being in the higher zone. So if you're at the higher end of this continuum during an interaction or a situation, she suggested asking yourself, what is causing that? What is it about this interaction or this person's expectation that is bothering you? Resentment usually comes from being taken advantage of or not appreciated. It's often a sign that we're pushing ourselves either beyond our own limits because we feel guilty or because someone else is imposing their expectations, views, or values on us. Number three, be direct. With some people, maintaining health ba- healthy boundaries doesn't require a direct and clear-cut dialogue. Usually, this is the case if people are similar in their communication styles. They'll approach each other similarly. With others, such as those who have a different personality or cultural background, you'll need to be more direct about your boundaries. Consider the following example. One person feels that challenging someone's opinions is a healthy way of communicating, but to another person, this may feel disrespectful and tense. There are other times you might need to be more direct. For instance, in a romantic relationship, time can become a boundary issue. Partners may need to talk about how much time they need to maintain their sense of self and how much time to spend together. The fourth way that you can go about building and preserving better boundaries is by giving yourself permission. Fear, guilt, and self-doubt are all big potential pitfalls. We might fear the other person's response if we set and enforce our boundaries. We might feel guilty by speaking up or saying no to a family member. Many believe that they should be able to cope with the situation or say yes because they're a good daughter or son, even though they feel drained or taken advantage of. We might wonder if we even deserve to have boundaries in the first place. And as I mentioned before, boundaries aren't just a sign of healthy relationships. They're a sign of self-respect. So give yourself the permission to set boundaries and work to preserve them. Number five, practice self-awareness. Boundaries are all about honing in on your feelings and honoring them. If you notice yourself slipping and not sustaining your boundaries, the author suggests asking yourself, what's changed? Consider, what am I doing or what is the other person doing? What is this situation eliciting that's making me resentful or stressed? Then mull over your options. What am I going to do about this situation? What do I have control over? The sixth way you can go about building and preserving better boundaries is to consider your past and present. How you were raised, along with your role in your family, can become additional obstacles in setting and preserving boundaries. If you held the role of caretaker, you probably learned to focus on others, letting yourself be drained emotionally or physically. The author suggests ignoring your own needs might have become the norm for you. Also, Think about the people you surround yourself with. Are the relationships reciprocal? Is there a healthy give and take? Beyond relationships, your environment might be unhealthy too. For instance, if your workday is eight hours a day, but your coworkers stay at least 10 or 11 hours, there's an implicit expectation to go above and beyond. It can be challenging being the only one or one of few trying to maintain healthy boundaries. 
This is where tuning into your feelings and needs and honoring them becomes critical. And I do think that we see a lot of this in our culture, right? This kind of um, feeling like you need to kind of go above and beyond the, j- the stated job expectations. But if that is not something that feels um, okay with you, or if by doing that you are making your job and your work a higher priority than other things, say like family or time with friends, then you can become resentful about your workplace and your job and maybe begin to perform not as well. Um, So you do want to, again, look at your boundaries and see if you need to keep those intact so that your relationship with your job actually continues to be healthy. Number seven, make self-care a priority. The author helps her clients make self-care a priority, which also involves giving yourself permission to put yourself first. When we do this, our need and motivation to set boundaries becomes stronger. Self-care also means recognizing the importance of your feelings and honoring them. These feelings serve as important cues about our well-being and what makes us happy and unhappy. Putting yourself first also gives you the energy, peace of mind, and positive outlook to be more present with others and to be there for them. When we're in a better place, we can be a better wife, mother, husband, co-worker, or friend. The number eight way, the eighth way to um, build better boundaries is to seek support. So if you're having a hard time with boundaries, it definitely is okay to seek help and support whether that's from a support group, your church, counseling, coaching, or through good friends. With friends and family, you can even make it a priority with each other to practice setting boundaries and to hold each other accountable. The ninth way is to be assertive. So we know that it's not enough to just create boundaries. We actually have to follow through with them. Even though we know intellectually that people aren't mind readers, we do sometimes still fall into the idea that we should expect others to know what we want and what hurts us. Since they don't, it's important to assertively communicate with the other person when they've crossed a boundary. So if you set a boundary and said, "Okay, I'm not going to go out on Friday nights because that's my me time, then it's important to let your friends know that that's not going to happen and to be assertive about sticking up for your boundary in that way. And the 10th suggestion about how to build and preserve better boundaries is to start small. So like any new skill, assertively communicating your boundaries takes practice. The author suggests starting with a small boundary that isn't, isn't threatening to you and then increment, incrementally increasing to more challenging boundaries. Build upon your success. And at first, try not to take on something that feels overwhelming. Setting boundaries takes courage, practice, and support. But remember that it is a skill you can master. So something like a small boundary, um, and this is also, I think, a really good exercise in assertive communication, um, is thinking about sending your food back at a restaurant if it's not the correct order. Um, So how many of you have the experience of, you know, your order coming out and it's not quite right? And instead of, you know, ruffling any feathers and wanting to kind of upset anything, you'll just kind of take it as opposed to sending it back for what you want. That may be a very small task that you can take on that is an example of boundary setting and assertive communication that likely doesn't feel very threatening. So something like that or um, something like a blouse that you thought that you would really love. So you bought it at the store and then you get it home and you realize I actually don't really love it. So some people 
um, instead of being assertive and wanting to kind of take it back and get a refund, we'll just say, oh, well, it was my mistake. I'll just keep it. So you may want to practice something like making a return of an item that you don't want anymore, um, that un- an unused item, of course, that you don't want anymore and make that a, a practice, a, a way of kind of being more assertive in your communication and actually standing up for what you feel like you need and want. So related to this, we do have an on the porch question this week that I think fits nicely with our conversation about boundaries and assertive communication. So this question is, hi, Dr. Joy. I listened to your episode about Mary Jane Paul and saw a lot of similarities in myself. While I don't consider myself as successful as MJP just yet, I do find myself caring for everyone and not getting what I need in return. My question is regarding friendships. In the last year, I've lost two of my best friends in horrible blowups. I'm 28 years old, and I know that friendships often end. There's a shift in my life occurring, and I'm connecting with people who are closer to my industry and losing friends who aren't on the same path. But I don't really want to lose these old friends. In one instance, I have a friend or a former friend who used to be my traveling partner and the person who helped me to set goals. It was weird to meet someone who was as blunt and honest as myself, but I always felt like there was an underlying shade with her. There was one time when I was getting dressed and I smiled and checked myself out in the mirror and she told me I had too much confidence. I asked her what that meant and she said, I just never met anyone as confident as you. Last year during a trip, I was out with her and some friends and her friends posted drunken photos of me online without my knowledge. When I told her and her friends about it, they were all very dismissive. Combined with the shady comments she said over the years and her dismissive attitude, I decided to let her go. In another instance with a former friend, we've been friends since elementary school, but really have nothing in common. We also had a falling out a few years ago and started being friends a year later. Recently, she was in a bad living situation, and I let her move in with me. She's not moved out and has ended up becoming my roommate. This was the worst thing I could have done because it's tainted our friendship. We fell out over rent issues on her part and her feeling like I'm not as clean as I need to be. She's four months behind on the rent, which I've paid, and she's not speaking to me, which I feel like is ridiculous. I see a similar pattern in the type of friends I've made and lost. I often find myself overcompensating in friendships with my time and money. I always find myself helping them rather than them, rather than them helping me. And never have I missed their birthdays, but when it comes to my birthday, I don't even get a gift. The most annoying part is that my roommate slash former friend and I no longer speak, but live together. It's very uncomfortable to live with someone who used to be friend, who you used to be friends with and we're not speaking. There's so much information about relationships when it comes to black women, but hardly any when it comes to dealing with friendships, especially toxic ones. Am I the problem? Was losing these friendships good for me? So thank you so much for writing this um, letter. I do think that this is probably a situation, at least in some parts, that a lot of women can relate to. Um, so one, if you have not gotten the chance to listen, listen to six session six of the podcast, that 
episode was all about friendships and toxic relationships, how to identify if you were in a toxic friendship and how to let that relationship go, if so. Um, And I do think that you're right. Um, So sometimes friendships do have to end. Um, And I often think that that typically needs to involve a conversation um, unless there's like some significant abuse or something going on in the situation. But I do think that it's important to learn how to say goodbye to relationships that no longer serve us um, in a way that feels respectful for everybody, if that can happen. But I also think that we oftentimes find ourselves in relationships that really shouldn't have started or have not or should not have gone on as long as they did. So a couple of things that kind of stood out um, as I was reading your letter um, is that it does feel like this is a lot about kind of boundary setting and assertive communication. Um, so especially with the the person who is currently living with you, Um So I wonder what the conversation was around the rules and guidelines for her moving in. Um, So was there a date that she was supposed to be out? Was this a temporary kind of thing? Was there an agreement made about how much rent she should be paying? Um, When you agreed to let her move in, what did she understand about the circumstances about which she could move in? I'm also wondering if you've asked for your money back. So you said she's kind of behind on month on rent for a couple of months that you've paid. I wonder if you've asked for your money back or what are her, what is the understanding that she has about whether she owes you that money or not. And I also wonder what your thoughts are about continuing to live in a situation that feels so tense. Um, You know, so I mean, so when you've already kind of worked hard all day, typically you want to come home to some peace and feel like your home is a sanctuary. And it definitely doesn't sound like that's happening right now. And so I wonder if you feel like you can have a conversation about her moving out, um, especially since, at least from the letter, it doesn't really seem like there were clear guidelines. So you describe her as a roommate roommate. Um, But I wonder if that that ever became a formal kind of thing, especially since she's behind so many months on the rent. Um, You also mentioned that you often find yourself overcompensating in your friendships with time and money. And I would wonder what you feel like you're overcompensating for. I wonder what messages about yourself you're holding on to that result in you showing up in your friendships that way. Um, You know, so I think it's easy to kind of look at, okay, this person has not been a good friend to me because of X, Y, and Z. But I think if you continue to see this kind of pattern in your friendships, you do need to look inward to say, okay, what's going on with me that I continue to find myself in these kinds of friendships? What are you overcompensating for? Do you feel like there is something about um, not feeling good enough to be in reciprocal relationships or do you feel like that's all you really have to offer is your time and money in a friendship do you feel like um, friends would not be attracted to you just because of who you are just as you are in the world without anything external to offer them so I'd encourage you to do some internal work around um, why you continue to find yourself in these same kinds of friendships And I do think that it is a greater lesson, you know, for probably lots of people who are listening about what kinds of what kinds of ways we can set boundaries and be assertive in our communication. Um, So with your first friend, it does sound like the the person who you feel like was kind of being shady to you throughout the relationship. It does sound like you kind of put into um, 
you know, like you set a boundary when she made the comment about you feeling too confident. Um, but then it sounds like you probably have let a lot slide. Um, and, and kind of if you've been feeling like there's an underlying shade for much of the relationship, then I would wonder why it had to go as far as um, them sharing, you know, drunken photos of you for you to really feel like, okay, enough is enough. So again, really doing some inner work to find out what kinds of things keep me um, continuing in relationships that I do not feel are reciprocal. So I do hope that that has given you some um, starting points to kind of think more about. And again, hope that any listeners who need similar feedback will be able to kind of take something from that message as well. If there is a question that you have or a situation that you'd like some feedback about, I'd be happy to answer that for you. You can send it to podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com. Or if you have any other general questions or topics that you feel like you'd like to hear on the podcast, please send those to podcast at therapyforblackgirls.com as well. I'd love to hear your feedback about this episode as well as any of the others. I'd love to hear what your favorites have been so far. So make sure to contact me on social media and use the hashtag TBG in session. You can find me on Twitter at therapy for the number four B girls or on Instagram and Facebook at Therapy for Black Girls. And please make sure to tell your friends about the podcast. I think that a lot of women could benefit from the information that I've been sharing. So please make sure that you're sharing it with your circles. I'm definitely looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Make sure that if you are looking for a therapist in the Georgia area, you look at my webpage at therapyforblackgirls.com schedule. And if you're looking for a therapist elsewhere, make sure to look at the directory, therapyforblackgirls.com backslash directory. I'm definitely looking forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take care. <laughs>